0: Hello and a very warm welcome to another episode of the Tips and Advice for Business podcast. Coming up in this episode, practically everyone seems to suffer with a bad back at some point, and this can have a serious impact on your business through time off work and reduced productivity. What simple steps can you take to address the issue? Plus, during Movember, some of your male staff have grown extra facial hair. Surely there's nothing for you to worry about from a health and safety perspective, is there? And please don't forget to visit indicator-flm to download our series of free mini guides to tax and HR matters. There's no obligation whatsoever.
1: You're listening to Tips and Advice for Business, the weekly podcast that trawls through the latest business news, legislation and case law, distilling often complex legal and tax requirements into bite-sized advice and realistic solutions to everyday challenges. And all this in just a few short minutes, because we know that your time is precious. The Tips and Advice for Business podcast is freely available on all the usual platforms such as Spotify, Spotify, Apple, Amazon and Deezer, and is brought to you by those ever so nice people at Indicator FL Memo. For supporting information, please visit indicator-flm.co.uk. Your host today is Duncan Callow, solicitor and publisher.
0: So, we hope you're sitting comfortably because it seems that many of your workers might not be. In fact, last year, 189,000 workers had time off work due to back pain alone. What causes work-related back pain and how can you lower costs and improve productivity with simple steps to reduce this risk in your workplace? Well, while it's a fact that all work-related back injuries cannot be prevented, ignoring job-related risks is a leading factor in developing health issues, so it's clearly in your interests to take a hands-on approach. The most common causes of work-related back pain are muscle strain, which can be caused by sitting or standing in the same position for long periods, repetitive movements, and constant strains and pulls through various activities. Job-related stress, which may take a toll on the worker's back over time as muscle tension results in back pain. Not taking sufficient breaks. Even if your workers are taking proper precautions, carrying out duties that place extra strain on their spine can in Increase the risk of sustaining an injury particularly if they're not taking a break and finally ignoring health problems if your staff have existing health risks such as weight issues and conditions like high blood pressure taking on extra work related duties may increase their back injury risk so where do we go from here well it's it's actually very important to avoid directly blaming an employee and saying it's their fault that they have a bad back you need to work with them to try to understand why they have not used equipment or failed to use the correct lifting technique. Try to find alternative methods for carrying out the task. This will undoubtedly pay dividends in the long run. Now, being aware of the risks can encourage employees to take steps to reduce the odds of causing an injury. By preventing and maintaining all musculoskeletal disorders, MSDs, in the workplace, you stand to lower costs, in improve productivity, gain work engagement, reduce staff turnover, improve morale, and reduce absence rates. Of course, this all sounds like win-win to us. But what can you do to educate your staff in practical terms and lower the risk in your workplace? Well, the first thing you need to do, and this won't come as any surprise in a health and safety setting, is to risk assess. It really is the best way to predict the various factors that can lead to MSDs. It should consider the task, the individual, the load, the work environment, and anything else that you think is relevant. Next, you need to control the risks. Use the findings of your risk assessment to put controls in place. This doesn't have to be costly or uh, result in a big change, but could include modifying equipment or making alterations to work practices. Thirdly, take a break. Ensure that rest breaks are taken to enhance the body's recovery, thereby preventing fatigue. It's an investment that's worth making. Next, you need to ensure that there are good ergonomics. Balance the requirements of the job and the capacity of the employee. This can be done by adapting the task to the person through design of the work or developing the capacity of the staff member through training and workplace adjustments. Again, this doesn't need to cost money. Next, you need to pay attention to posture. The way in which a worker performs a task can affect MSDs. For example, if a worker maintains a static posture and twists a pack, such as working on checkouts, they are more likely to damage muscles than if they move their feet to position themselves. Small improvements will reduce the risk here. Finally, report it. MSDs may be related to what workers do in their personal lives, which compounds issues at work. This is where awareness training comes in. Having workers who are, who are aware of all MSD hazards and risks and are healthier outside of work will be a benefit to you. So what are the key things that you can take away from this? Well, given the prevalence of work-related back pain, making prevention <clears throat> and early intervention measures such as awareness, part of your everyday health and safety management, really does make good business sense. You should encourage your staff to adopt good practices and report any issues as soon as possible. Encouraging an open culture should help result in reduced incidences of lower back pain and therefore improve productivity. And remember, you mustn't point the finger at anybody and try and get them to take the blame for their back problems. It could be something that's been exacerbated at work. Anyway, we hope you found this information helpful. You're able to apply it in your workplace and hopefully... Uh, reduce back pain problems uh, and thereby improve attendance and productivity. Well, in case you hadn't spotted an increase in her suit upper lips, it's Movember, meaning that some of your male employees may be sporting facial hair in the weeks to come. Of course, it's all for a very good charitable cause, but surely there's nothing for you to worry about here, is there? Well, in fact, there are health and safety implications. Um, Respirators are only effective when they are tight-fitting and flush with the skin, assuming your business needs respirators, of course. Otherwise, harmful toxins and chemicals can be inhaled, which may result in a range of health complications. This means that facial hair should not come between the sealing surface of the mask and the face what can you do here if you've got guys who are you know supporting Movember well you can ask them to undertake weekly face fit testing or request that they trim their facial hair so that the PPE is still effective or you could consider providing powered air hoods although this of course will come at extra cost to you so in summary facial hair may cause a problem with fitting a face mask properly Just remember that safety should come first. So consider asking staff to trim their facial hair so they can wear their respirator correctly in dangerous environments. We're sure they'll understand in the circumstances. Anyway, can you believe it? We've reached the end of another episode of the Tips and Advice for Business podcast. But don't worry, we'll be back again very soon with even more incisive advice that you can apply to your business on a ready ready basis. But for now, thank you for sharing your time with us
1: and goodbye. You've been listening to the Tips and Advice for Business podcast. Every week we trawl through the latest business news, legislation and case law, distilling often complex legal and tax requirements into bite-sized tips, advice and solutions. For more information about our products and services, please visit indicator-flm.co.uk.